Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 3 this morning. Acts chapter 3. Just as Jesus paid such a price for us to be free from the power of sin that we, won't, we don't even think of allowing sin to persist in our lives, right? We put our foot to the neck of that thing because we have authority over it. Even so, we are equally free from the power of sickness and disease over our life. Amen. No more than we would permit sin to persist. We should not permit sickness and disease and symptoms to persist in our life. And so uh, God so longs for his children to receive and walk in divine health that he didn't just have one method prescribed whereby we can be healed. He has seven different methods lined out in his word that we can receive. That shows how much God longs for us to be able to walk in what he provided for us. That if someone can't hook on at one method, there's another method. And based on where someone's faith measure is, someone can, you can always hook on at one of these methods. The big thing that we want to make sure that we don't do is just limit God to one method and say this is the only, only method he uses. No, he used several different methods and we need to be acquainted with all the methods so that we'll cooperate with those methods. One method that, that worked for you, somebody else may need a different method based on their spiritual development, based on their spiritual growth, because every believer is at different places of spiritual growth and spiritual development. So no matter what level of faith that they're at, no matter what level of spiritual development that they're at, one of these methods will fit where they're at. Amen. And we need to understand that because not only do we need to receive healing for ourselves, but we need to know how to skillfully minister it to someone else. And so when we are needing to receive something from the Lord, or we're going to be ministering to someone who needs healing, we need to always look to the Holy Ghost to say, what method do you prescribe? You know, if we, if someone goes to a medical doctor, that doctor, what you're doing, you're going to him and asking, what do you prescribe for my situation? Well, when you were a baby, he might've prescribed one thing for that symptom. But if you had that same symptom when you're 30, he might prescribe something totally different based on where your development physically is. Well, it's the same thing spiritually is that spiritual babies will get prescribed one thing by the spirit of God, but someone who has walked with God, someone who has heard the word taught, someone who has been taught faith, the spirit of God's going to prescribe them something different based on what they've been taught and based on what they've heard. Amen. So that's why for us to have success as we ought to in ministering healing or receiving healing is that we need to look to the Holy Ghost and say, what do you prescribe? Amen. He's the great genius we're following. 
Amen. We're led of the spirit. So when you need healing or when you need to minister to someone uh, regarding healing, the first thing to do is always look to the Holy Spirit's leading. Ask him. I remember listening to one minister. He was talking about how he was called to the bedside of a, a young man, really, who was in very critical condition. And he was just, he was just so uncomfortable, so much pain. And he was in the hospital and he went to the hospital and walked in his room and he saw this young man. I mean, he's just screaming in pain. Well, it's very difficult to try to talk to someone when the, the body is so loud pain is so loud and it's very difficult many times to even get them to take in what you may be saying, much less get them. Okay. We're just going to believe for all the pain to leave. Well, we're, they're just trying to make it through the next two minutes, you know? And so, uh, he said, I saw that this young man, it would be over his head and too much at that moment in his life to say, let's just believe God for no pain. He said, I could tell he was going to have a difficult time grasping that. So he said, I looked to the spirit within. Now, see, we know this. No pain is God's best. No pain is God's plan. But we have to find out what can that person, based on what they're facing, grab hold of at this moment. See, you can't believe God based on where you should be. You can't believe God based on where you want to be in faith. You can only believe God based on where you're actually at at that moment. And that's why the Holy Spirit must be consulted with because he knows what an individual can believe for at any given moment. And he knows which method to prescribe for them at that moment. So this minister looked to the Holy Spirit and said, what do I tell this young man? I know that healing is available. The power of God is available. No pain is available, but we've got to hook on to what he can hook on with. And so he looked to the Holy Ghost and said, what do you prescribe for me to speak to him about? And I love what the Spirit of God said to him. He said, tell him, uh, let's believe for no increase of pain. Because every single day, the pain, the pain threshold was getting higher. The pain level was increasing every single day. And so he said to the young man, he said, can you believe with me that tomorrow there will not be this, that, that the pain will not have increased? Because see, he's been experiencing every day that pain has been increasing day by day. So he knows he's getting worse. So he said, can you believe with me that tomorrow there will be no increase of pain? And he said, I believe for that. And he said, okay, we agree. No increase of pain. Amen. So he came back the next day and the young man was still, you know, crying out in pain. But he walked in there and he said, talk to me. And he said, I'm still hurting, but it's not worse than yesterday. And he said, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. That is faith working. That is faith working because the, the natural progression would have been more pain today. 
so that there was not more pain today. That means our faith worked. And so they started rejoicing over that measure of victory. Was it, was it total victory? No, but it was a measure of victory that they had believed for. Amen. And so then uh, the next day he, he said, okay, now we're going to believe no increase of pain tomorrow, but we're going to believe that it drops down a level. And he says, can you believe? Because see, we saw it stop. We saw the momentum of the pain level stop. Can you believe with me that it will drop down? tomorrow. He said, yes, I can believe with you for that because they see they had success. When you, when you experience success, your faith is encouraged. When you uh, try to believe something that's beyond your measure of faith, uh, you don't succeed because you're beyond your measure of faith. And then you start losing confidence in your ability to believe. So what you want to do is succeed at the measure you can believe at. Don't compare yourself to someone else and say, well, they're believing for this. I should be able to, you should be able, what you should do is follow the Holy ghost and what he directs you to do, to believe for. He'll lead you into success. Amen. It may not be the success you thought, but it, it will, it will end you up in total success. If you will follow him every step of the way. So they said, okay, tomorrow, the pain, the the pain level comes down a notch. And so, uh, he came up and to visit him the next day in the hospital. And that young man's family was out in the hallway outside of his room and they were rejoicing because he wasn't yelling out today. Now the family didn't understand it. They said, Oh, he's still in pain, but see the minister heard heard no yelling. (laughs) No screaming in pain. And so he said, I'm just, he says, we got, we got miracle movement now. Miracles are moving because the natural progression would have been in the other direction. So he said, so I walked in and he said, their fa- his family didn't understand, but him and I understood that faith is working. The word is working faith in the word is doing its work. Amen. And so they just rejoiced together. The pain was less today. Amen. And it got less and it got less and it got less until just within a matter of weeks, he's dismissed. They can find no symptoms. They can't find anything. Why? Because they hooked on where that young man's faith could hook on with. Amen. And so this is, this is the genius and the brilliance of God is that he hooks, he wants you, he wants to always give you a place where your faith can hook on. Amen. He doesn't condemn you for the measure of faith. Jesus never condemned the disciples or anyone for their, the measure of faith they had. What he rebuked them for was not using the measure of faith they had. Amen. Because if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and it'll obey you. Amen. It's not so much about the measure. It's, are you using it? Are you using it? Are you using your faith? And as we use our faith and feed our faith, then that measure of faith will grow. Amen. Hallelujah. So thank God that he gives us more than one method whereby we can receive healing. Why? Because he wants us all to experience total health. 
Amen. So I'm going to give you and list the seven uh, methods of divine healing, and then we'll go back and speak about each one of them a little bit more in detail. So the first method, and you'll want to make note of this, use the name of Jesus, demand in that name that sickness and disease leave. That's the first method, using the name of Jesus to demand in that name that sickness and disease leave, either your body or someone else's body. The second one, the second method is pray for healing to the Father in the name of Jesus. The second one is pray for healing to the Father in the name of Jesus. The third one is pray the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. The fourth one is through anointing with oil. So the fourth method is healing through anointing with oil. The fifth method is healing through the laying on of hands. Healing through the laying on of hands. The sixth method, healing by the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit that are spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Through gifts of the Spirit or manifestations of the Spirit spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then the seventh method is know that healing belongs to you. So let's go and let's take a moment and look at each of these this morning. Uh, the first method, use the name of Jesus. Demand in that name that disease and sickness leave. This method can be used for yourself, but it can also be used for others. Amen. In this method, you're not laying hands on anyone. You're just speaking that name. Amen. And you are, you understand and you have the authority and the knowledge of what's invested in that name. And you know that that name is all conquering to operate by this method. You have to have some revelation of what's in that name and the person receiving it just has to agree with you. They may not have the same amount of revelation, but if they will agree with what you know, (laughs) Amen. They can receive on the authority of that name. So Acts chapter three and verse one, and we're going to read this entire passage because we see this example of using the name and demanding in the name that healing come. Acts chapter three, verse one says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. In verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Now, he's not saying I'm broke. He says silver and gold have I none. Have you ever gotten out of the house and you didn't have your money on you? That's basically what they're saying. They're not saying I'm broke. I don't got, I don't have anything in the world. Because this is what many times people will take them to say. But what they're saying is, it's not money you need. We have what you need. 
And it goes on in verse six. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Amen. Notice they didn't touch him. They, they, didn't, they didn't talk about the devil. They didn't rebuke the devil. They said in the name act. In the name, get up. Isn't that amazing? The name will cause crippled people to get up. It will empower the crippled to get up. It will empower the sick to be whole in that name. But you have to understand that that name accomplishes that. Amen. So they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he took him by the right hand. This is not him laying hands on him. He just extended his hand and said, here, here's a lift. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, you know, this man didn't know anything, know about the name the way the disciples knew about the name. But notice they were, he was blessed by what someone else knew about the name. When you know something about the name, you can bless others with what you know about the name. He will allow them to be blessed by your knowledge. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood. Now see, he could have sat and argued and said, I've been, I've been like this my whole life, but he didn't. He leaped up and stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Notice this. He went into the temple with them. It matters where you go after you're healed. Yes. If you're going to go back into the world, you're going to ha you're going to leave yourself open for the devil to put it back on you. But he went the right direction. He went with those who brought power to him. Find out where power is flowing to your life and stay there. Don't pick up and leave and go to a place where power is not flowing. He stayed with those who understood the power of God, the name of Jesus, and he moved on with them in the direction they were going. He didn't go off and go his own direction. He was going their direction. This matters. And then in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, uh, there were people present that saw this. And so Peter declares to those people, and Jesus in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, Faith in the name, faith in the name, faith in the name made this man strong whom you see and know, you know him, you see him, you know that this is not, this is not something fake. You know this man, you know him as a cripple, you see him whole. Yes, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness. This is what the name will bring, brings us into perfect soundness. Amen. You stay with the name. You hold to what's in that name and it will arrive you at perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And then in Acts chapter four, verse 10, of course, they were pulled before the religious leaders because uh, they were questioning about this man being healed. And the religious leaders were not saying, go out and do more of this. They were threatening them. 
And Peter declared to the religious leaders in Acts chapter 4 verse 10 and said, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, (laughs) you did something, but then God did something. (laughs) Man did something, but God had a turn. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Thank God for the name. Amen. If it will do that for this man, it does it for us. Amen. And in uh, verse 18 of Acts chapter 4, the religious leaders threatened them and were telling them, This is what they said to them. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. So now we know what the devil is afraid of. Now we know what the devil doesn't want you to know. He does not want you to know all that is invested and all that belongs to that name because when you know it, it will arrive you at perfect soundness. And it will help you bring others into a place of wholeness by what you know. Amen. Now, why does the devil not want this told? (laughs) Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, and I'll just read it to you for time's sake, but you can note it. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him, highly exalted him. That means he's above everything else. Notice this. He's above all demons. He's above all sickness. He's above all broken parts. He's above all things that are lacking. He's above it all. He's He's highly exalted, not barely exalted, highly exalted. God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth. Look at this. Things under the earth. What's under the earth? Demons. Hell. They are under the earth. At the name, demons have to bow. Sickness has to bow. Disease has to bow. Symptoms and pain have to, they have to bow. They have to, they have to, they have to. And verse 11, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. No wonder the demons working through those religious leaders say, don't speak in that name anymore. Don't speak in that name anymore. When we say the name of Jesus, demons hit ground. (laughs) Why? Because every knee has to bow at that name. Don't use the name like a lucky charm. Don't use it lightly. We need to understand that when we say that name, all that, all that is contained in the usage of that name, you have a right to say in the authority that's in the name, I tell that pain, you stop and you must bow. You must bow to that name. You must. Amen. 
Hallelujah. We must exercise it boldly with knowledge. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we also need to recognize something going back to Acts 4 when they were standing before the religious leaders and being threatened. In verse 13, we need to recognize something important that's recorded in connection with their use of the name. Acts 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw, talking about the religious leaders that were threatening them, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, notice this, boldness needs to come with the use of that name. Boldness with the use of that name. They weren't. They weren't frightened. They weren't fearful. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, this didn't come by just IQ. This doesn't come by education. This didn't come by natural man system. It says, look at this. They marveled. What is it? Boldness caused them to marvel. And the next phrase, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. This is the key to being bold in the use of the name. When you're with Jesus, you begin to see on the inside of you what belongs to you in that name and what that name will accomplish. They took note that they had been with Jesus. This is the key. Amen. You can't just go around and say, well, in the name, in the name, take time with him and then you will understand that name. Amen. So this is one of the keys to this working as it ought. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when it comes to praying for someone who is unsaved, you know, the name will work. We all have unsaved loved ones, maybe that we're believing for them to be born again. It does us no good to say, oh, God, save them. God already sent Jesus. He did everything to save them. What we have to understand is it says in first, excuse me, second Corinthians chapter four and verse three and four, it says, but if our gospel is hid, it is to hid to them that are lost. So those that are lost just don't understand. They don't see what we're saying in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God should shine unto them. Satan has blinded the people's minds who don't believe to keep them from seeing the light of what belongs and what God is offering someone. Amen. So we can take the name of Jesus and it is up to us to take that name and to command that that blindness be broken off their minds. So not only will this work for healing, this works for salvation for unsaved ones. That you have a right to stand up and say, calling that loved one's name and say, let's say, for example, Bob, say, Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus. You take your hand of blindness off his mind that the light of the gospel may get in. Amen. It's not enough just to say, oh, God, save someone. Use the name and break the blindness off of someone's mind that's keeping them from seeing. Just like you can take the name and break sickness and disease off someone, you can break the blindness off someone's mind so that the light of the gospel comes in. And then you say, now, Father, 
Send labors across their path. Pray for God to send labors. Take authority over Satan. Tell him to take his hands, uh, his blindness off their minds and then pray for God to send labors. And I guarantee you, they shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the name. I said, thank God for the name. Hallelujah. 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 We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.